prepare yourself. You're about to listen to Super Games Cast 64 with your host, Trey Mitchell, and your other hosts, Austin Guttery and Connor Reisenhoover. Five, four, three, two, one, failure! is up everyone welcome to another super games cast 64 i promised it would get weird on twitter today and boy has it gotten weird i am not your normal host trey mitchell i am normal co-host connor reisenhoover stepping in as trey has to work this evening uh and i am joined not by austin guttery but i am joined by grant pinnell i killed them both hey grant to you. it's good to see you they're tied up in a closet well, maybe, maybe dead, maybe not. I don't want to bring it down, but uh, Austin's got a Austin's dog's not doing well, Grant. So, so let's not let's, let's not make jokes. Let's uh, everybody say a prayer for Austin's dog. Brought us a lot of joy, and I can't remember what his dog's name is right now as I'm talking about it. But uh, stay hard, Austin's dog. It's a little tiny white dog. I maybe the name has something to do with it being tiny and white. Mm. Biscuit. 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 It's a stay hard biscuit. Keep biscuit in your thoughts and prayers. So Austin is not here. Trey is not here. Uh, it's going to be me and Grant. So really, what are we going to talk about? I don't honestly know. I think Grant and I have done two podcasts together, but we've had a buffer of a total of like five people through those two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So we're about to find out how good of friends Grant and I really are. Shared a bag of chips once. We did share a bag of chips. So, I mean, I feel like that That'll definitely... I mean, that brought us closer together. Help our rapport? I think that's the foundation for this podcast. There you go. Well, it's already off to a rocky start. So, welcome to Super Games Cast 64. We missed you guys over Thanksgiving last week. Uh, I wanted to do a podcast, but Trey, who's not here to defend himself, refused to. Said the fans don't deserve it, so that's why we didn't have one. And he refused to do one this week. So, I care about you listeners. So does Grant. He's not yeah. even a part of the podcast for reals. He's not even a normal co-host. Trey's such a monster that I was like, my God, I got to drive to Dallas. And you know what? We appreciate it. You know, so, I do what I can. We are back after a Thanksgiving break in which I played very little video games. Uh, but I can start with myself if you'd like. Go I played ahead. the most important of video games. Uh, I played Minecraft Story Mode on Netflix. You heard me right. Minecraft Story Mode is now on Netflix. Now, you may be asking yourself, how does one even play that? Uh, So I'm playing on an Amazon Fire Stick. Okay. (laughs) So if you're not familiar with Minecraft Story Mode, it seems to be a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. Grant, have you played Minecraft Story Mode? Uh, I haven't, but it's a Telltale game, right? Yes, it is a Telltale game. Does it play like the other Telltale games? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, except it's in a even worse package. Yikes! I'm not a I'm not a Minecraft lore guy, but I I played for about fifteen and twenty fifteen or twenty minutes, to which my wife then looked at me from her computer and said, "What are you doing? 
what is this on our TV screen, and why are you playing this? Mm. Uh, there's 13 chapters, though. So 13 is hefty. 13 chapters in the first uh, episode. Wow. And they're going to put more on there. Are they, are they hefty chapters? Um, I believe I did not finish chapter one mm. in the 15 to 20 minutes that I was playing. So Minecraft for Netflix, it works surprisingly well. I think that That's was what I was sub- interesting. most interested in was that, and it makes sense because most of the game is watching cutscenes mm-hmm. and then making the decisions based on those cutscenes. Yeah. But uh, it transfers fairly well to Netflix. And I could see uh, if someone wants to buy up the carcass of Telltale, put some games up there, I could see that working out pretty well. Yeah, I don't. I doubt anybody buys the carcass of okay. Telltale because they know they own no IP. That's it. They just worked with everybody else's it's stuff. A solid, solid point. Everybody's gone other places. Solid point. Uh, you'd just be rescuing the name at that point. But that is interesting, and hey. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix uh, really tries to tackle the gaming market, especially because Disney Plus is on the horizon to come eat their lunch. It, and that's a weird thing. So the Netflix... Picking up game licenses makes me feel very weird. It's Which, a, it's a the the idea of using a Fire Stick to play a game that you would buy on on a console like the the Minecraft Story Mode stuff is all is all. I mean, you can buy it on Xbox 360, PS4, your Switch, and now you can play it on Netflix for I mean for free essentially with a subscription. So, I mean, isn't this the sort of model that Microsoft is looking to go towards with the uh, like a games on demand sort of thing? Yeah, I I think I think Netflix has a really interesting and cool position though because they already have such a huge essentially install base. I mean they're they're like the number one streaming service. Everybody has Netflix. You can get Netflix on a toaster at this point. They have an app for everything. But not your Switch. But not your Switch, unfortunately. Only YouTube for the Switch. Yeah, for well, the, and for, Hulu. Hulu. Don't you can't oh, forget, is, is can't Hulu, Hulu on the Switch? Yeah, Hulu's on the okay. Switch. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't tried to stream anything on my Switch. Mm. I have actually. It uh, is it. Yeah, I did the free trial of Hulu just for the Switch, and it's it's a bigger screen than my iPhone. So if I'm if I'm doing something, I can set that. If I'm eating, okay, pull that out of my backpack, okay, set it on the table, get a half an episode of The Flash down before I Ooh, realize. Wow, that okay, it's, that's what I was gonna ask next. What are we watching? The Flash. Right okay. now, The Flash. Okay, cool. It's like uh, cool. it's like some some warm comfort food. Hey, no big deal. I um, like the first three seasons. I see. I'm on season three. Okay, cool. So I just I stopped watching after that. I've I stopped watching after season two, and then you know I didn't want to think. Turned uh, it on. I just got I like I got that, feeling. I got an adult like nine to five, and I was like, I guess of the things that I'm doing and watching, The Flash is something I can cut because of because it's and I know this isn't a, a show podcast because it's like. 50 episodes a season, it's not really. But because it's so much and there's so much filler, it's definitely on the on the chopping block. But yeah, I mean, streaming on the Switch isn't bad. If they put Netflix on it, I'm not going to say I would use it a lot, but I'm sure I'd be on a plane one time. But you playing a lot of Minecraft story mode. I would try it. I would certainly try it. It's weird, man. Uh, I, The fact that they even picked it up, I can't imagine that the IP was that expensive. And I know that... There, there was that leaked footage. I know Telltale was supposedly working on a Stranger Things game. Yes. And there was leaked footage of what looked like the Telltale kind of style with Stranger Things footage in it. And um, people said that that was destined for Netflix as an interstitial between seasons, which I thought was really interesting. Now, you bring up something that's super interesting. I like the idea of Netflix taking their own IP that they currently have, so Stranger Things being the example here, mm-hmm. and making some sort of interstitial 
between seasons. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would take advantage of it, but if you're a big fan of that world, like, Stranger Things is a really cool world that's been yeah. built. And the idea that you could stay in that world and keep having adventures in it separate from the show um, is a really cool idea. I don't know that they have any more properties that I'm that interested. Like, are they going to do to all the boys I've loved, I've ever loved? Is that a? Are you familiar with that? Is no, that but, a, but it sounds like something I would oh, I would try out. Oh, okay. To to all the boys I've ever loved is like a really sappy girl book. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's right about, up my alley. Uh, you know what? I watch it with my wife. It's fine. But I just choosing <laughs> that as a Netflix original is like, are they gonna? Is there enough worlds? Basically, I'm asking. Do they have enough worlds that they could build something? I can I can see, especially with some of their more like I don't want to say historic because Netflix hasn't been for, around for a while, but they're more well known TV shows. Um, Back in the day before House of Cards kind of became a, you know, you know what? I could tail see, spinning helicopter. I think that I could House see, of Cards could have been interesting. Absolutely. I can, can see a Minecraft story-esque sort of thing. Yeah, with yeah you House could do, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Telltale games. In fact, when we get to what I've been playing, it's Batman Season 2. Okay. Uh, Telltale's Batman Season 2. I, I like their, their formula. It's fun. Um, they're kind of episodes broken into chapters. It's really easy. If I'm tired, I come home from work. I can play one chapter of one episode. It takes me like 15 to 30 minutes and you know I, I can I can pop two trophies, get that little um that little rush endorphin of, rush endorphin rush in my brain and go to sleep. But uh I mean even something like, you know, Narcos, I think mm-hmm. you could you could have stuff like that for um I'm, you know, I'm, I I you could I think that formula would lend itself to a lot of shows and stuff. But I, of course, Telltale's not around anymore. So. I think the real limiting factor if we're talking about something like this though the limiting factor will be what kind of games you can make. Because mm-hmm. you're not, they're not mobile games, but they're not that far removed from mobile games. They'd have to be that, they'd have to be that very, because Telltale already caught flack for being very minimalist on gameplay. Like there's, there's it's it's a it's a playable movie. You know, and, and in a lot of cases, you miss, like in the Batman games, for instance, you know, you're in a fight and you miss a quick time, you know, a, a button press. The game doesn't end. You just, oh, well, Batman just got punched in the face. But mm-hmm. then the, 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 the cutscene essentially continues. It'd have to be something like that. They can't, you know, tack in a Red Dead level yeah, for I'm a not Western gonna be able show. To, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be able to uh, pull up Deadeye. Just yeah. Go ahead and end a bunch of people. Well, yeah, so uh, Minecraft Story Mode, I've been playing that. And then I've also been playing, uh, I'm rushing to finish Zelda. I really am. Are you still not done with Zelda? Look, dude, I I'm telling you, I get about thirty to thirty minutes to forty five minutes like a night, and uh, I'm the guy who's like, I don't really want to do the main quest. Let me do all of the other quests that lead up to said main quest. Um, I, I get it. I that's I have I play- less. I don't have the sympathy, but I I get it. That's the problem, though. I'm playing a game that's very much, hey, there you can do whatever you want, and I'm trying to finish it, and mm-hmm. I just get gaming ADD. And I'm like, oh, I should do this. I should do this. I'm never going to finish You're this You're cooking game. for like 30 minutes. The problem just- is I know I'm never going to finish this game. Smash Bros. is going to come out, and then I'm oh, just yeah. going to play Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. So, have, you fin- have you played Red Dead at all? I have not. See, neither uh, have I. Because it's just pl- too much. It's too much. And when I talked to Trey and Austin about it, I was joking a lot mm-hmm. and being, being way over the top. But there is a lot of stuff in it, like cleaning your guns, like carrying realistic amounts of weaponry, and realistic amounts of clothes and items and stuff like that. There's just a lot of management stuff that I'm not interested in doing in my adventure game. Mm-hmm. If it's a management game, fine. I love Civ. 
I love city skylines. I'm down for all of that, but I don't want to mix it with my adventure like run and gun game. Yeah, I can see. I see. I think Red Dead for me would be perfect if I was a junior in high school. And I came home from school and rolled up a tortilla with cheese in it and sat on my couch for- Ooh, solid roll oh, of the tortilla yeah. with cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Microwave for five do you seconds. Ever, okay. Do you ever butter it before you put the cheese on? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you know what? Some days I come home, I got a sweet tooth. Leave off the cheese, put honey. Ooh, okay. The, tor- the tortilla is a platform. <laughs> the tortilla is a platform. The I'm a corn a platform. tortilla guy though, so- See, I, I can lean corn tortilla. But you can't, I mean, you're not making cheese tortillas with corn tortillas. No, I'm going flour for Of those. course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, it holds more. It holds more. I mean, that's the, the like the hundreds of hours I put into Fallout 3 were when I was in high school and I had nothing to do with my time. I mean, if I'm thinking back to the games that I've put an incredible amount of time in, Fallout is a high school game. Mm-hmm. Both Fallouts are high school games. Red Dead is a Fallout, or Red Dead is a high school game. Mm-hmm. In college, I put a bunch of time into Hearthstone, but that's because it was a pickup and put down game. You had it in your pocket all the time. I had it in my pocket. Actually, I played mostly on my PC. But okay. uh, like, I'd get home from school, I'd put on like Seinfeld works in this scenario, but I'd put on like Seinfeld and I like lay on the couch and just play Hearthstone mm-hmm. and kind of brain drain from the day. But now I really don't have time. Yeah. Like, I get thirty minutes, forty five minutes. I'm those are my maxes. Like, if I'm lucky. Um, which makes me sound like a terrible person to host a video game show. But I do love games as a medium. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the time to devote to them like I like I would enjoy. And it seems like Austin and Trey have limitless amounts of time, which is insane to me. Yeah. Although Trey's playing God of War for the sixth time or whatever. See, and that's that's another one. It's it. I would really love Red Dead. I love the first Red Dead. I love the first Red Dead uh, as well. But I have a backlog too of God of War. Um, and of course, you know, I, I have this huge backlog and then, you know, there's a, there's a Black Friday sale and I download the Star Trek bridge crew for my VR. And then of course, I'm gonna, right. you know, just, just, just on a whim. And then of course, once I started, I'm like, well, I gotta, gotta finish the campaign on I got, this thing. I gotta see it through. It's, it's only seven hours. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that I don't think, I don't think I'll get around to for a while. But and that's, I think that's why. And the position that I'm in, I'm leaning way more to games that I can either pick up and put down mm-hmm. or games that are I know are going to be like, this is a five-hour experience that we crafted for you to enjoy. Yeah. And so I've started to lean more heavily into those. That's why I'm, Austin and I are jokingly way into uh, Bee Simulator, like this game that's coming out where you play as a honeybee. Okay. Like we're way into that. <laughs> we're way into like Ooblets, which we don't even know what that is yet. But it's just a bunch of games that mm-hmm. you can pick up and put down. Or that don't require that huge time investment. Well, and I think that's the that's kind of the plight of uh, of a lot of gamers right now is because m- games are leaning towards massive open worlds with a trillion collectible, and you don't have to do all that. But there, I mean, if you're like me, you you have to. It's just a you know, you're, you're OCD. Well, not actually OCD, but you, you you have the compulsion to collect everything, to finish every mission. Something like The Witcher Three just scares the heck out of me where I, I wanted to jump in so bad. And I thought if I jump it, if I play Witcher three, I'm sacrificing uncharted four. I'm sacrificing the campaign for the newest battlefield. I'm saying, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, a time allocation thing. So we really went off on a tangent on that one. No, I know. So those are the games. So I've yeah, played. Zelda, you played some Zelda. Yeah. I've played Zelda and Minecraft story mode. For My girlfriend finished Zelda that the, this last week and she loved it. I mean, I'm loving it. That's the thing is I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm just I'm just getting the most out of it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I'm just trying to get the most for my money, you know? 
Is it okay? Are there are there spoilers with the Zelda game? I don't think so. You they fight Ganon at the end. There, okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so she fought she fought Ganon. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the game is look, game's pretty. I'm just I just the game's super old. Being also, I'm running the podcast tonight. I think spoilers are fine. Spoil whatever you want. Okay, yeah. So you fight Ganon. Dumbledore dies. What do you want? Oh God, what? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, you heard it here first. In the crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just <laughs> totally non-canon. Okay, that makes more sense. I didn't like Jude Law anyway. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I actually really like Jude Law. Um, yeah, so she beats Ganon, and then it just kicks you back to right before you fought Ganon. So yeah. that you can keep exploring and stuff. Uh, and she was really, she was kind of bummed by that, but then, you know, she started cooking radishes or whatever and was right back to... There you go. Right back to life. So that's interesting. I hope you get to finish Zelda soon. I hope so too. And I think spending enough time doing so, I probably will. It will mm-hmm. just take an exorbitant amount of time. Mm-hmm. What are you even playing, Grant? So I have been on a tear of really, um, it ties back into our other conversation. Like I've played the Batman, the Telltale Batman game because I can play a chapter a night when I get home, mm-hmm. finish an episode in four nights and there's five episodes, you know, so I can tackle those in like a week or two. Um, on my Vita, I've just been playing like a Lara Croft Go and Hitman I'm, Go. I'm sorry. What is that? Oh, so they're, um, they're like, they're Oh gosh, how do I even describe these? It's like it's I think it's Ubisoft or Ubisoft Montreal. Okay. Uh and they they take the IP of one of the franchises, maybe it's Square Enix. I don't know. One of them takes the franchise and they scale it down into essentially a board game. Ooh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so Hitman Go is like each level and Lara Croft Go less so, but Hitman Go especially for the mechanics is a board game. So you move the Hitman piece and there are guards that move, you know, on a timer, but they only move when you move. So it's essentially getting to your target in the least amount of moves or killing him or not being discovered. There's different objectives. You can get one, two, three stars per, you know, board, mm-hmm. essentially. So uh, it's pretty replayable because you'll finish, you'll finish a level and then, you know, at the end of it, yeah, you killed your object, you killed your target, so you got a star, but... There's an objective for collecting all the briefcases in the level, and there's a, an objective for finishing the level without killing any guards. So it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, Lara Croft Go is similar. You're getting to the end of your uh, tomb. You're collecting, you know, like artifacts, and they're fun pick up and play stuff. They were on sale. They're usually seven ninety nine. They were on sale for like a dollar ninety nine and two forty nine. So I picked those up on a whim, and I've been putting a lot of hours into them. This I, is Black. Black Friday related or this separate is before that actually before that? Okay. yeah uh, I picked I platinum Hitman Go and uh, how long did it take you not 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 too long there's no hints to get the platinum you can't use it like a there's like a hint system like with oh a, wow okay like with an old school point and click didn't use any hints but Lara Croft Go there's not a trophy for that so you can use hints which essentially just if you're really stuck it'll you know figure it out for you so if I get Really stuck on Lara Croft Go. Instead of just sitting there figuring it out, I usually go to a hint. So I'm just tearing through it. Nice. It's not bad. Did you get anything for Black Friday? Uh, Gifts for Christmas. Other than that, no. Nothing no, for myself. You didn't pick up any games? You I, you weren't tempted by, was it the Switch that comes with... Uh, there was a Switch that was super cheap, I think. There's a one ninety nine Switch, right? That's what it was. You already have yours, though. I do. So you have to I have my, actually, you know, I did get the, uh, I got the, the Star Trek Bridge Crew on PlayStation Store Black Friday sale. 
Was that just on a whim? Are you a Star Trek guy or just? It was on a whim. Okay. Because it was the, it was, I like all the VR games and okay. it's the Star Trek, which oh, I- Oh, you, you have a PSVR? Yeah. Okay. I like Star Trek, the IP, but it had the, um, there's a, the original game's like, you know, 30 bucks and then there's a, like a $20 expansion for the next generation, which is the one that I like. Of course. So I was like, okay, I want to, I want to go and uh, see Worf up close. That's cool. In VR. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I've been playing. Um, this is a VR-related question. Do you have that Tetris VR game? Tetris Effect? Yes. So I'm really interested in it because I love Tetris. But Tetris Effect right now I think is like $39.99 okay. or maybe $49.99. It's pretty expensive okay. for what it is. I've been watching some videos and listening. The music's incredible. Oh, and I, I downloaded, I think, the uh, some kind of demo for it. Or maybe I played a demo at a friend's house. But it was it was. Pretty cool. And you can play it without the VR headset, I think. But the VR is definitely the way to go. I, the video, I mean, obviously it's hard to show VR in video form. Um, but the stuff I've seen and the stuff I've been listening to, it seems like a super cool game. And Tetris is a game that you can pick up and play infinitely. Oh, yeah. So it's cool that they were able to add. When there's a, when there's a price drop for it, uh, I'm picking it up for sure. I know Trey was talking... About I think I can I don't know why I wouldn't be able to say this. Trey was talking about getting a PSVR for Christmas. They were super cheap on Black Friday. Were they? Yeah. Maybe you know what? Knowing Trey, he might have already gotten it. They were <laughs> like, like, I'm getting one. They were pretty cheap Black Friday. I forget what it was. I think they were one ninety nine and they came with Astrobot and uh Moss. Do you think that that means that it needs to uh it's not selling well or I think it's just them I think it's just uh Sony pushing the hardware. Um Surprisingly, Sony was very realistic with the sales of the VR. I think they set a low expectation for themselves and then they exceeded it. And I think the attach rate for VR is incredible, just like it was with the Vita, you know. So um I think there's a small subset of people that own the PSVR, but the people that do own it spend a lot of money on games and evangelize the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know. For the amount of, I think they 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 hit their goal and everything on all this is just icing. And now they're just continuing to push the hardware. They're still the only console, they're still the only major console manufacturer outside of you know PCs and stuff that really has the VR option. Xbox doesn't, Nintendo doesn't. So I think they're just they're just continuing to kind of occupy that space, push units. I don't Do you think, think. I mean VR. What was it like? Maybe three years ago. Maybe mm-hmm. not even that. Maybe two years ago. VR was like touted as this is it like this is the next big thing and we mm-hmm. really haven't seen like facebook bought oculus yeah and then we haven't really seen i mean samsung had the thing that you could put your phone in that was yeah. kind of vr and since then we haven't really seen anyone developing for vr mm-hmm. or adding to it vr is going to be tricky because the, the vr thing and i think vr has a incredible future ahead of it um and i think gaming is just the way to gaming is just the way people are going to get it to you uh, the VR technology in general. I think uh, virtual tourism, uh, virtual films, all, th- all the things like that have a lot of possibility. And once people really dig into that, uh, it could be really cool. But the problem is getting the getting VR into people's homes, which is, which is difficult. And VR has the unique problem of, like you were saying, you can't show a commercial on TV and have someone understand VR. Right, because either you're showing... 2D images that are made to look semi 3D, where mm-hmm. you're showing someone wearing the headset and trying to explain the experience yeah. while they're wearing the headset, 
and neither of those things transfer very well. Mm-hmm. It's one of those you have to see it in action. Yeah, you to really, really understand what's going on. You have to see it in action. I know they've tried to push it through. Like the way that I tried PSVR for the first time was in their uh, Best Buy demo. Mm-hmm. So they took it to however many Best Buys around the country. One of them was kind of close to my house. So I went and I scheduled a time, came back, tried the VR, and they, I think I tried, you know, all the stuff from PSVR Worlds, you know, um, the shark simulator and all that different stuff. Uh, and it was super cool. And I was like, I mean... Sign me up. Yeah. Oh, it, right there I was like, you know, I can't afford one of these now, but when they're in my price range, I'm buying one instantly. Even Even if it's just this small subset of games that we have, like if they just stop production on games, I would still buy it because... It's just it's just that cool, you know. Uh, Arkham VR stuff like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's I think watching where VR goes is going to be interesting. I think that we're all the people that have the PSVRs and the Oculus are like early early adopters, and once it catches on, I think it'll really catch on. But it's going to take a while. Do you get motions? Oh, so my big issue with it is I got super motion sick while I played. Some people are like that. I I don't ever really get motion sick in this so i don't normally either and in this case it'd be so i was playing skyrim and it could very well be that i was playing with a controller while wearing the vr Mm -hmm. so i could still control with said controller so i could move the camera around but Mm -hmm. also move my head around i think maybe doing both of those made me super sick i think skyrim's an interesting skyrim's a, a, a tough game in vr i would say because most of the games that 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 you know i've i've played and sunk time into were specifically designed from the ground up for VR. Um, I know that, you know, I played the the small bit of the uh, Lara Croft stuff they made for VR for the second game. Um, was that Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yes. I'll look it Maybe up that's quick. the third one. I I'll look know. it up real quick but so for, that we but sound But for the second competent. one, it, it came with a thing where you could walk around the Croft mansion in VR. And you can do the thing where you look and teleport to the next spot, or you can just walk and whenever you're walking, you know, and you're you're moving your head at the same time, I think that's where it gets most people. That's why stuff like a Call of Duty would be ridiculous. It'd give somebody an aneurysm. Like, it'd just be too Rise much. Rise was the second one. Rise. Yeah, so Rise. You got it. Yeah, I, I'm interested in VR, but based on my previous VR, I really got motion sick, and it mm. was bad. But, so that's what we've been playing. Yeah. I'll really tore through that, actually. You seen anything in theaters this over the break? Okay, I I think I might have poor taste in movies, but I'm real interested in Mortal Engines. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because... Is, is that a bad opinion It looks pretty cool. I saw a trailer for it recently, where it was a lady in all red doing all kinds of kung yeah, fu. Yeah, I saw that stuff, And too. I was like, okay, that looks bad. But the stuff with the big cities and That's stuff looks incredible. I think I'm... I think that's a bad opinion, though. I'm not sure. I'm sure the film critics out there, probably Trey, and the rest of Super Films Cast 64, a sister podcast, which you can listen to on the same feed on SoundCloud. That's where it is, SoundCloud. But no, I think that might be a bad opinion, but I'm not 100% sure. I like to be cautiously optimistic. I think so, too. It looks super cool. It's got giant metal cities eating each other, and also it's directed by Peter Jackson, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna see it. But other than that, I don't think so. How about yourself? I saw Creed two. And I heard it was really good. Dude, it was really good. Excellent. Uh it's it's not getting the best critical reception. I mean it's hard. Creed one was really, really good. Yeah. 
and it's more of a it's more of a sequel to the Rocky movies than it is to Creed itself. Uh, you know, it, it really Creed one you could have watched and never seen a Rocky movie and still gotten all of the references and things like or that. most out of it. I mean, there there's still some subtle things in there. You know, him that's true. I, it stands alone as yeah, but it, but it really does stand alone. And Creed two just doesn't. Creed two is a sequel to Rocky four and Creed simultaneously. Interesting. So I uh, it's a good movie. I think where Sylvester Stallone really shines in the first one. Mm-hmm. I think um, Michael B. Jordan really shines in this one. It's much more his story. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, the spotlight's not on him in this one, mm-hmm. and uh, the action's fun. I know there's a new director in this time as well as new writers and stuff. So because Ryan Coogler's not involved. Yeah. So but uh, so that kind of made me nervous, but it ended up being great. I actually want to see it again. That's how good it was. It's rare for me to go. Uh, Multiple times. So multiple times. I yeah, did. I'm not a multiple times guy. Currently, my wife and I are watching all of the Harry Potter movies, which she's okay. never seen or read the books of. Still wild to me. Uh, yeah, so she's like, her mind's being blown. We just finished uh, Order of the Phoenix, and she was like, this was like, so good. Does she know that uh, Dumbledore dies? Um, I think she's familiar. I hope she doesn't listen to this, man. You no, could have just really- she probably- she it really screwed herself up. No, I'm just saying, I think she's familiar enough that she probably does know that. Mm. But I don't know that she knows all the ins and outs of all of that stuff. So it'll still be still be interesting. Yeah, it's been really good though. Well, that's your films, little films for this week. Because I don't think there's gonna be a films cast. Because uh, I'm just carrying this whole network yeah, on my back. Right Grant's now. got the whole. <laughs> Grant is carrying everything. He's our Leighton Van Der Esch. That's a little sports reference for you guys. There you go. You get everything tonight. Movies, games. We do everything. Sports. We do everything here. Uh, hey Grant, what's up? So, did you uh, pre-order Fallout 76? Was that your... You made that call? I didn't, actually. Oh, you didn't get the uh, you didn't get the, the $200 edition? The Power Armor edition? Yeah, the one with the Power Armor and the cool bag? No, I, I actually I actually didn't. I really wanted that canvas bag, though. Do you do you own Fallout 76? No. Okay. My, my, my girlfriend does, though. Is she disappointed? She really didn't want to be. And she was really... I kept telling her, it sounds like it's trash. And she was like, no. And then she... She played it for about five hours and called me and was like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think when Austin got Sea of Thieves, I think Austin tried to convince himself that it was really good. And I know Trey tried to convince himself for a little bit that Sea of Thieves was a good investment. I think at the end of it, they were both like, yeah, this wasn't really what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, I feel like... the. Poor Bethesda, man. I think the real problem, though... Okay, so let's tackle this story and then oh, we can yeah. get it yeah, in sure. a little bit more. Okay, so they had a $200 power armor um, edition, which was supposed to come with a, a power armor helmet, mm-hmm. which is sick and looks really cool. Pretty cool. And some sort of military-esque zip bag. So it's a, bag. a West Tech... I'm looking at the picture here. Perfect. It's a West Tech canvas duffel bag. Yes. Figure number one if you're looking on the website yes and it looks pretty cool it looks like a nice solid bag made of canvas as well as in what i would buy it for uh the collectible toy soldiers that are all fallout themed yes that stuff is super cool i'd play with those well you got a bunch of that if you ordered it you got all of that except you did not get your cool canvas bag Mm -mm. you got what is basically a nylon drawstring bag that you get from every booth at (laughs) comic-con yeah also, uh, and or any 5K that you might run. It's been described as a, in the tw- in the tweet that sparked this whole thing, a ghetto trash bag. Uh, it does, 
in the photos that a company said tweet, it does sort of look like a trash bag material. Yeah. Which is uh the coloration doesn't help at no, all. No, it doesn't. It looks it looks and the texture seems to be that of a trash bag. It's it's one of those bags that like it'll hold up for a day while you're at Comic Con and then your hand just goes right through it the third day, zipper comes undone. But granted, they had to uh it's a mess. I'm sure they made up for this, right? How did they uh Well I'm sure that the first thing they did was they were like, we got to get our PR on this. Right. And they need to be a super apologetic. We're and I'm, so sorry. We should have told you ahead of time. And I bet they did that. Then they gave refunds. Of course. Obviously. Of course. And then they said, also for all those affected, you know, if the refund wasn't enough, we'll give you, oh gosh, what, 20, 30 bucks in in-game credit? I'm sure. That would make sense to me. Well, Bethesda has done everything wrong with Fallout 76 and ended up not doing any of that. Uh, in fact, someone complained to Bethesda's online service and they received this response. Thank you for contacting Bethesda customer support. Due to unavailability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon carrying case for the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. We hope this doesn't prevent anyone from enjoying what we feel is one of our best collector's editions. Which really doesn't address any of the issues. In yeah. F- in fact, uh, knowing how customer support works, partially for my job, that will just make people angrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after even more anger was directed at Bethesda, their corporate team, their corporate PR team took a swing at it. And, and they uh, had to knock it out of the and park. And yeah, you'd think, but here's what they got. Uh, the Bethesda support... This Bethesda store support member is a temporary contract employee and is not employed directly by Bethesda or Bethesda Game Studios. We apologize to the customer who took the time to reach out. The support response was incorrect and not in accordance with our conduct policy. So that's just, you know, mm-hmm. classic company. Now here's where they're probably going to get into the, uh, we're sorry, here's what we're going to do to make up for it. Uh, you'd think that, but then uh, unfortunately, due to the unavailability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon carrying case in the Fallout 76 Power Armor Edition. We hope this doesn't prevent anyone from enjoying what we feel is one of our best collector's editions. If you're keeping score at home, that is the same exact phrase that the employee that no longer works for Bethesda said. So not only did Bethesda not really take care of this, in a way that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. They recycled the same line and blamed the lower level employee for responding with the same line. Which is rough. But Grant, I'm sure they gave in-game credit. How, well, do you have that? Did, did, you know, they, uh, they came back out a third time and they gave a different response. That's true. Okay. Which is the right thing to do. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's from the Bethesda Gear help desk. Yes. Hello. We are sorry that you aren't happy with the bag. The bag shown in the media was a prototype and was too expensive to make. We aren't planning to do anything about it. Solid. Bethesda Gear Store Support North America. Solid. And I have an update as of 6.30 this evening. We aren't planning to do anything about it. You know what? That does not really win you any favors. Mm -mm. Um, Letting someone know, hey, thanks for complaining and for telling us that we did something incorrectly, but we're actually not going to do anything about it. That's a horrible response. Uh, so, they came back at 6.30 p.m. They gave 500 atoms, which I believe is in-game currency, or in-game currency to buy skins. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they give you five. Five hundred sounds like a hefty amount. It does seem like quite a lot. Well, let me just tell you that it uh, it doesn't even buy the post. <laughs> this is the best part. This yeah. is my favorite tweet. Uh, so Chris Livingston at Screen Cuisine tweeted, ironically, 500 Adams won't even buy you the Fallout 76 Postman skin that actually has a canvas bag because it costs 700 For those unaware, uh, 500, uh, what was the currency's name again? Uh, Adams. 500 Adams, uh, about the equivalent to four ninety nine. Nice. Or uh, $5. Nice. So this is probably a larger discussion. Have you seen a company go so wrong in one game in such a short amount of time? So, I want to say yes, but uh, specifically about No Man's Sky. Ooh, okay. You know what? However, No Man's Sky was different. No Man's Sky was, we promise you this, we give you this. And this, being the thing that they gave you, is still a fully functional, playable Functional in quotes, <laughs> game. I mean, it, it, it's you, there's no multiplayer. You can't do that. But but it's not it's not crashing on you every five seconds, right? Right. The Bethesda thing is rough because if you look at the much wider picture of Bethesda and their messaging over the past few years, uh, boy, this is a swing and a miss. I mean, this really is a bloody nose for them. I mean, at what point did they know that this game is not going to do well? Like, we're gonna put this out. This is not a great game. I'll tell you the exact moment. Let me look it up. Please um, do. Because the commercial with uh, Almost Heaven West Virginia playing in the back, I had high hopes. I was very excited. I love Fallout. Um, but everything after that felt like a diminishing return of, hey, you love Fallout? You know what's great about Fallout? Playing alone. You know what's great about Fallout? robots you know what's great about fallout no one else around you ever yeah see i think i think the problem was the idea of fallout 76 is is really cool exploring the wasteland with friends is a cool concept agreed bethesda knew it was going to be bad and i can't find the exact thing but essentially right before the game released was um, it when they asked for how can we fix the beta (laughs) It was actually, I forget what it was, but it, it essentially said, I'm trying to find it here, but they said, you know, we're so proud of this game. It's going to be really cool. There will be problems, but we're all going to have fun. And there right it there, it's like, as soon as a, as soon as the developer is like, there will be problems, it's like, oh, this thing is going to be. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think the thing that told me that this game was going to not do well was when in their marketing material, they couldn't figure out what to choose to market it with. Mm-hmm. So there was no one selling point, you know? Yeah. In any sort of sales, there has to be one selling point. Is it healthier? Is it faster? Is it, you know, fill in the blank with whatever er mm-hmm. you want? But there was nothing for this game. It wasn't Fallout 76. A multiplayer experience. Like, they did not run with that. They they didn't tie themselves to anything to differentiate this game other than, hey, you guys like Fallout, right? Like, that seems to me, and I'm not an expert, but what it seems to me is that they were banking on, this is a Fallout game. Everyone who loves Fallout is going to love this. Yeah, I mean, and then, that's, that's why my girlfriend bought it, is because she is obsessed with Fallout 4. 
plain and simple. She bought it because she loves Fallout. Um, yeah, I mean, there there was no central message. Um, and they proceeded to strip out all of the things that makes Fallout really fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think since E3, they were bracing for impact, right? Yeah. So uh, I think it was Pete Hines. No, who was it that came out on? It might have been, I think it was Pete Hines, maybe, uh, comes out on stage and he announces Fallout. I could be getting that completely wrong, by the way. That's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't know if you were. Uh, yeah. My well, E3 was spent pretty much making fun of the Sony press conference because yeah. <laughs> I watched it with Trey. <laughs> you didn't want to. You didn't want to watch the guy play flute. No, I also didn't really want to watch five different presentations for the same company, which was weird in like five different locations. Yeah. It was like, hey, now we're at a church. Now we're at a broken down, abandoned backyard barbecue. You didn't like the uh, the downtime of the entire event moving to another location? No, that was really weird. <laughs> it was a very odd decision. Well, they played a Call of Duty commercial? Yeah. And that then, conference was weird. That it, was a weird conference. It was just a weird choice. They're not even going to be there this year. Yeah. Oof. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe ever again. We'll see. We'll see. RIP E3. We're going to be jumping ship. They take up like three-fourths of the Dude, E3 is, space. This is a longer conversation for a different day, but yeah. E3 is on its, I think it's on its deathbed. Yeah, I think everybody's going to go to their own press conferences. Um, you know, I think Sony's going to gonna go way more into um, PlayStation experience. Yep. EA's going to do their thing. Nintendo does directs, uh, which sucks because it's like E3 is a fun event. But I see, I definitely see why it's falling apart. But yeah, so so Fallout 76, I think it's one of those things where they came out on stage at E3 and they said, Fallout 76, and everybody said, what? And then immediately they followed it up with, but also, also, wait, no, don't leave, hey, don't leave. check out this cool... Uh, uh, here's a picture of this thing that's not coming out for five years called Starfield. Here's the sequel to Skyrim. And Skyrim Skyrim 2 is coming out. Oh, sorry, Elder Scrolls 6 is coming out. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in uh, in 2028, but be ready for it. it Will w- Trey have a child by the next Elder Scrolls game? Can he still conceive? Is he that? Is he that young? Is he that fertile? Is he that fertile? That's a great question. Um, the question is, will Trey be in a wheelchair? Ooh, I like this. This is a good bet. By the time that game comes out, will Trey have a child? Will Austin have a child, or will I have a child? That's I'd, that's I'd, fantastic. I'd like to. I'd like to bet on this. You, My money's on you because you're already married. Feel free. Uh, yeah. I don't think it'll be me, but we'll see. I mean, you know. Fingers crossed. I don't have any inside information. Yeah, fingers me. crossed. I don't really either, but fingers crossed it's not. Well, we'll see. Man, we'll see. I feel like, I hope Trey has a child by the time Oblivion, or not Oblivion, but the next Elder Scrolls game comes out. That'd be interesting. My vote's for Trey simply because I want it to happen. You want it to happen? I want a tiny little Italian Trey running around. I'd love it. I can say Ita- his dad's Italian, mm. so. See, I think we could. Uh, I have an Italian friend, so I can say that. <laughs> I think, I think you know what, we, uh, I say we just, regardless of whether Trey's going to have a kid, we push for Trey to have a kid. Like, relentlessly. I'm in. Relentlessly. Let's, let's find a, if you're listening and you know someone that will uh, harbor Trey's baby for nine months and then push it out. Hit us up. Actually, email Trey. Those are the uh, are those the um, like the technical terms. I think so. Of a I'm, pregnancy. I'm a doctor, so okay. I thought so. Yeah, push it out. I think is how they describe it. Yeah. That's the medical term for it. Do- I think that's how Doctor uh, Doctor Pepper describes it. Yeah, I think so too. Doctor I mean, Dre. Doctor Pepper is a real doctor. There you go. Yeah. But so yeah. 
Fallout 76, I keep getting way off track. They, they, I think they were bracing for impact, I think. And it certainly impacted. Oh, yeah. They came out They came out swinging a couple of E3s ago and said, single player's not dead. We are the... We're, we're carrying the torch. We have Wolfenstein 2. We have Prey. We have Dishonored 2. Blah, 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 blah. And then they, they announce a, a, a multiplayer Fallout game. And I genuinely think a big... A big section of their fan base said, this is not what we want. We'll try it, but this is not what we want. And then, of course, it comes out, it's, it, it, it tailspins out of control, and it's like, well, we told you this wasn't what we want. Uh, I think Bethesda as an IP, or just as a, I mean, but Bethesda as a brand is damaged from this. Bethesda has a bloody nose, and they have a lot of work to do. Because it's really, it's really hard to gain trust, and it's really easy to lose it. Does this worry you for whatever they plan on doing next, whether it's Fallout or... Well, that's that's what's that's what sucks so bad for them is that the, I don't think they have a quick follow up to br- to 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 smooth over the Fallout seventy six. No, nothing. Stink. I mean, nothing they showed me at E three looks like it's coming out. Starfield was like a PowerPoint logo. Yeah, I know. Like, like that's <laughs> like, not, hey, our design team cooked this thing yeah, up. Check it, it out. It, it, Starfield is not coming out in 2019, 2020 even maybe twenty twenty. Starfield is not a twenty nineteen game. I. Agree. I mean, I'd put money on that. Uh, so I think Bethesda is in a weird position where it's like, oh gosh, we screwed up, but our next big thing is not coming out for a while. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, we made a poor decision, but we're going to have to just like you live. You just got to sit in it. We're going to have to live in it until we give our next uh I- I think the the Pick question is how do they handle it from here too because their 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 PR response has been so atrocious. Is it almost better if they say nothing at this point? No. No, no, no. You don't no, think no, so? No, no, no. no. <laughs> they need that see the the problem is I think like the the bag controversy thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't think that's tied to the developers of Fallout 76. So they screwed up and, and made a really rough game. And then this whole bag thing is a separate issue that just happens to be tied to Fallout 76 that just makes it so look so much worse. I think um I wonder if they have an E3 press conference, first of all. I don't know what they can even show, though, based on even last they, year's... Because they, they, they have a lot of studios, you know? Um, they own a lot of studios. You know, the, they, they know they have the... Uh, one of the studios they own has the Wolfenstein co-op game coming out where you play as BJ's twin daughters. Smaller games like that. Uh, I think they have to... They have to Destiny 2 this thing, or they have to um, No Man's Sky this thing. And just try with everything they have. They have to come out and be apologetic, very apologetic, and then they have to work their butts off to make this the best game they can. Is this the biggest game debacle of this year for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what's another what's a what's another game debacle? I mean, really, the only thing I can think of, and it's really recent, is that Diablo thing. But that's not even a game coming out this yeah, year. Yeah, see, I think I think the thing about the thing about Fallout 76 is it's just it's like the day one patch was bigger than the game. That's that's not good. Yeah, that's not you don't want that. I think it's just it's just really broken. And I think that Bethesda has always put out broken games. Mm-hmm. But they always got a pass. And I forget I so I think it's someone else that said this that planted the seed in my head. But it's it's pretty common sense. Bethesda's always got a pass on having broken games. But the reason is their games are big and their games are full of stuff we love. Mm-hmm. They're full of quirky characters, yep. really interesting storylines, awesome quests, cool weapons. But when you strip all of the stuff we like away and you just leave us with the bugs, it's really apparent how freaking broken it is. Yeah, and it 
this is a game that definitely did it. Like it stripped everything. There are no NPCs that are not robots. There's no other humans yeah, you, in this game. You, you strip the you strip the NPCs. You strip the the VAT system. The VAT system. You strip. I mean, you you leave a very very bare bones quest system in. And one of the things I was reading in several of the reviews is that the quest system is kind of broken because you can just a quest will just disappear while you're doing mm-hmm. it. So you might and most of the quests are go here, kill this, pick up something and bring it back. Mm-hmm. So because there is nothing but robots, there's no other human beings, you basically there's very few quests that you can even create in a world like that. Yeah. It's uh it's not a good look. It sucks for Bethesda because Bethesda is a studio I really have a lot of love for. I too. agree, and I think that's 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 part of this, is that with an EA, if EA put something out about this, like if you know, with EA's Battlefront Two thing, um, that's you know, a lot of people were pissed and that sucked. Mm-hmm. But it was also there was a little part I think of everybody that was like, oh boy, you know EA, like yeah, they're, they're going to get you. Classic EA, yeah. Uh, I think this especially sucks for everybody because it's Bethesda, and when it when it turned out to be kind of a turd everybody was expecting bethesda to real quick fix it talk to people be really vocal we're gonna fix this and they haven't nope and that i think a lot of people that really soured them on what they thought was kind of their golden boy and i think that makes it a whole lot worse uh it'll take them a while to get over this one we'll see i mean people always talk about the gaming industry there's always another controversy around the corner so it's like you know how long will the Fallout 76 thing last? As long as they keep, as long as we keep getting headlines like something as small as the bag being different and then a terrible response, it's just going to keep keep this game in the front of everybody's minds. Exactly. Uh, Smash Bros. will help, though. Smash yeah. Bros. will put out a lot of news. Smash Bros. will really take the spotlight off of, off of Bethesda, which is nice. Uh, moving on, this uh, FTC thing. Mm-hmm. We have talked... Not we, because this was a little bit before I was on the show, but I know Trey and Austin have nearly exhausted loot boxes as gambling. It's been a big topic of conversation on the show specifically, but it's back in the news because the Federal Trade Commission, at the urging of a senator, let me find her name real quick. I have her picture. Uh, Senator Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire wants the Federal Trade Commission, that she's urging them to look into Loot boxes as gambling for children. Mm-hmm. So loot boxes are back. So they have not died. Honestly, 2018 is close to the year of the loot box. Yeah. Because we've sure. had issues abroad mm-hmm. uh, with some countries even saying no loot boxes, period. I believe. Belgium. There it is. It was Belgium. And then we even had a Hawaiian, uh, maybe uh represent some kind of representative uh Chris Lee of Hawaii was urging the United States to look into loot boxes gambling. So we've already had some rumblings in the US on the US side mm-hmm. of we need to look into this. So hers her argument is slightly different because she wants them to investigate loot box practices that ensure children oh she wants to ensure that children are protected from habit forming or addictive business models so the idea being that loot boxes are an endemic are endemic to the video game industry and present in everything from casual smartphone games to the newest high budget video game releases they represent a 50 billion dollar industry by the 2022 year according to the latest research estimates which number one did you know that 
I knew it was big. I didn't know it was that big. Of course, it's it's not 2022 yet, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, currently, this year in 2018, the revenue is 30 billion dollars. Golly, yeah, that's insane. Uh, but mostly, she's referring to a UK study from a gambling commission that uh, surveyed about. 3,011 to 16-year-olds showing that 31% of participants had paid for a loot box or used in-game items to open a loot box, which is sort of unfair mm-hmm. because there are some in-game items where you get, you'll just get free loot boxes. Yeah, logging on once a day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, which is not really what she's talking about. But I'll send it... I mean, have you paid for a loot box? Well, first let me say I'm angry. The government bans my jewels. Yeah. I want the mango jewel pods. Okay. Now they're banning my loot boxes. Look, man. I don't know what you want. It's time to revolt. It's vote for someone. I don't know. Yeah. Vote for I'm someone. Vote for vote for me. I want loot boxes. I'm pro loot boxes. Pro loot box, pro jewel 20, uh, 2020. Are you really a jewel guy? No, definitely not. Oh, okay. I just I just like Why the, did they ban mango jewels? Is this a thing I should know about? It's uh it's a thing with uh there's like a huge spike in underage people. And they say that the uh, the oh. fruit and candy flavored pods are specifically targeted to children. Interesting. All right. Well, this is not Super Jewels cast. If it was, boy, let me tell you. Boy, we'd be doing we do individual podcasts on each flavor. Blowing flat fat clouds all. That's up right. We <laughs> absolutely, dude. Vape Nation. I've uh, I've opened a loot box or two only very recently. Actually, I stayed away from it. I stay away from the. The line share of games. You uh, but are you paying for those loot boxes? I no, guess is the question. No. That's, so yeah, that's, I have a game on my Vita, uh, Sackboy Run, Sackboy Run, which is a spinoff from the Little Big Planet series. I love Little Big Planet, so I downloaded this. Um, you know, it's it's an endless runner. You collect bubbles and stuff. Um, it is one hundred percent a, and I and speaking as someone who enjoys the game and plays it, it is one hundred percent a mobile game piece of garbage. Solid. You're, hey, sometimes, sometimes you just want to eat a Taco Bell burrito. All right, oh, exactly. And but also, it's it's one of those things where, and you know, I'm a big trophy guy. Trophies are tied to how many costumes you collect, and uh, they'll Costum- costumes cost money. Costumes cost money. You can unlock them with in-game currency stuff, uh, but it'll be like three hundred thousand bubbles, which is the you know the thing, uh, and you get about three hundred bubbles a run. So it, it would, it, I mean, take you forever to be able to bu- to buy costumes in that game. So yeah. they they offer loot boxes. They offer you to just instantly buy the costumes. They even offer four ninety nine, and you can double the amount of bubbles you get every run forever. Yeah. Which which speeds up the which I would imagine speeds up the process, but isn't going to be instant stuff. And it's it's it feels very predatory in that game where it's like you can't even play this game without. I mean, unless you're just going to do what I do, and when you're watching Flash, play a couple of seconds of it to brain drain like you were saying. If you actually were really, you know, trying to play this game like you'd play any other game, collecting things, trying to hit objectives, you'd have to spend money. I don't know that I've ever played... Sorry. I don't know that I've ever paid for a loot box. So... I I haven't. Number one, I just don't play games like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not actively playing Overwatch. I'm not actively playing Fortnite. I've never touched Fortnite, actually. Really? Never never played it at all. I played two matches. Okay. First, I died pretty instantly. Okay. Second, I got second place. Nice. I looked at my friends, and it was was like two in the morning. You're like, I'm done. You know? I looked at them, I said, guys, 
I got to retire. I'll never do better than second place on That's my right. second time playing. Look, man, I retired from uh, fantasy football after two seasons of winning, and I was like, I'm done. I don't ever want to play again. Man, back to back. Yeah. You're not going for the three-peat? Repeat, baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I've never... The only game I've come close to on it is... Uh, and this doesn't really count because Hearthstone is at its heart a card game. Mm-hmm. So it's like the idea that you would be buying packs of cards yeah, in real life. Packs, yeah. So, and there's no percentage and you don't, I mean, you kind of need to buy packs of, at some points yeah. just to be competitive at the game, but the mm-hmm. game doesn't make you buy packs. It doesn't push you to really buy them. Now, is there a way for you to get packs free? Yes. Okay. There are. Uh, if you're buying packs, they're the same packs that you'd be getting for free you're just paying money for them. Interesting. To buy them all at once. Yeah. So I've seen that. Um, I've seen a couple of times that people will do things, or I think some, some, there was some kind of thing passed where if you're buying a loot box in certain places, it's required that they tell you what your likelihood is of getting certain mm-hmm. items. So if there's like a super rare card in like Hearthstone, it'll tell you you have a 1% chance of getting it when you open this booster pack. I think someone, I mean, I don't know that Blizzard's actively providing this information. But you can. There are websites that just tell yeah. you, like percentage-wise, what you're gonna, what you're gonna draw. And so. I think that's, I think that's where a lot of people, in some cases, get really hung up. Where you know you're buying some kind of loot box in Counter Strike, and there's a point, oh, 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 one percent that you get this, um, you know, knife or whatever skin for your knife. I don't know. I don't play Counter Strike. Well, it sounded you fooled me. It yeah. sounded like you are a Counter Strike guy for sure, based on that. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't play. I don't play a ton of games that are really loot box centric. Like you know what, Spider Man, God of War, and I wonder. Infamous, those are my kind of games. I wonder if the games that we're talking about that do loot boxes are actually aimed at younger people than us. Dude, I know. I know people that play FIFA religiously, and the amount of money that they. I guess spend. that's true because I have friends who play Madden Ultimate Team, which is like buying packs of cards to try to make the best team possible. Okay. And it's it's sort of like that where you can buy like diamond packs or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember how they tier the system, but something like that where you can buy the the super crazy packs and go ahead and get all of the stuff that you want. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I don't know. It's a weird deal because I'm okay with loot boxes that are mostly costume based or um uh, Stuff like that, where it's not actively impacting the game itself. Yeah. yeah. But I do understand the idea that, yeah, this is teaching kids, like, yeah, just go and pay for it now. Like, mm-hmm. don't wait for it. Yeah. I See, the I, the thing is, loot boxes are a subset of the much bigger microtransaction Yeah, which is, which is a much bigger deal. Which is a much bigger deal, you know, and that, that gets into stuff like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. People complained about leveling slowly, mm. and there's a thing on the store where you can... Pay ten bucks and double the amount of XP for every kill, so you level up faster. Yeah, you know, and it's like that feels weird. Yeah, when but we're getting that, into, uh, we've locked these parts of the game away mm-hmm. until you pay for them. That's what makes me uncomfortable. Well, I just, I, I think personally, I'm okay with the cosmetic, as they say. I agree. Loot boxes. I think you that's know, the word I was looking the for. The Overwatch, the Fortnite. Mm-hmm. My costume is not going to affect the way I play those games. Uh. Rocket League's the same way. Rocket League, yeah, Rocket League. When but when it gets into microtransactions that affect gameplay, um, you know, it 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 gets weird, especially when they're you know, and sometimes with some games, I I remember they would put out microtransactions kind of far after launch for additional things. But if there are microtransactions right there at launch, like with 
like Assassin's Creed, the, the, the thing with microtransactions is they, they study statistics and all of these different, I mean, they, they study you as a, as a player and they know, okay, right here when the game lags is when a lot of people drop off or go and buy our microtransaction to double their XP because the game slows right here. You know, there's a dip in gameplay. So it just, it inherently, just just the presence of certain types of microtransactions, I think, makes me uncomfortable. Agreed. Because there's still something in the back of my head that says, as soon as the game gets slow or really starts to drag, and I'm then really just trying to looking grind. looking for that next microtransaction. And I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking they're just advertising to me. They just want me to, to pay. I mean, I paid $60 for this game. You just want me to pay an extra $10 so that the game feels like it should feel right out of the box. Agreed. When gameplay is sacrificed for microtransactions, that gets me real pissed, and it's make it, mm-hmm. it will make me not play your game. Yeah. Like, if, if the game is locked away due to microtransactions, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in playing that at all. Well, and that's the thing. I was a I was a fan of Shadow of Mordor, and there was so much talk about the microtransactions in Shadow of War. I didn't pick it up until they dropped those out of the system. Really? Yeah. Which they did after launch. I think there was a there was a right after they waited a while, but they but they put out a press release sometime after about the Battlefront Two controversy, mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, um, we're taking these out of the game." But when they did, it broke the economy of the game. So they had to rework a lot and issue patches. And that's one of those things where you should have known that going into the game just made it the way it probably should have been to begin with, if we're being honest. Well, that was a problem with Battlefront 2. So they take out microtransactions out of Battlefront 2's multiplayer, and suddenly no one can unlock enough currency to be able to purchase a a character like Darth Vader. If the game is inherently broken when you when you pull the microtransactions out, that's a really bad sign. That's if 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 pretty much nothing has changed, like Overwatch, you go into Overwatch, you take out the cosmetic microtransaction loot box things. Everybody looks the same, but there's no there's no it doesn't affect the gameplay at all. I agree. I'm with you. Well, well free to play is a different thing, though. I will say that that's true. If I paid nothing for a game and you're going to advertise four ninety nine for something, I'm much more tolerant than. Yeah, because that's how you're going to make the money back oh, on exactly. the game. But a $60 game, you the amount or like the buy-in for me to pay more than $60 is going to be so much higher than it is for Mario Run. Like if I'm playing Mario Run mm-hmm. and it's like, "Hey, do you want to pay 5 bucks to get all the levels?" The answer is yes. Yeah. Because that's fine. I didn't pay anything to play the first 4 levels. Mm-hmm. So I'll pay $5 for like 50 levels. Yeah. Well, we've got to move on to our final segment. Let's do it. Uh, well, actually, let me hit games coming out this week because I think it's important. Uh, Just Cause 4 is coming out December 4th. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, I did not know that either, and I yeah. don't know that that's a good sign. I think I think Just Cause has its fans. No, I agree. I, and think, I think, think that it will probably do fine. It'll do okay. I don't think they expect Just Cause to do really well, like gangbusters. But also, I've seen like almost no marketing for this game. I forget that Just Cause 4 is even a thing. Uh, I saw a commercial for it, and I thought it was Just Cause 3, because that's how close it feels like they're releasing this too. I feel like Just Cause 3 came out last week. Uh, honestly, if it didn't, you could tell me it didn't, you could tell me it came out this year, and I'd be like, yeah. But you could also tell me it came out last year, and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. The only the only reason I know it's it's already been out for a while is because my my girlfriend's little brother was playing it. And he just repeatedly kept driving off a cliff. 
Yeah, that sounds like Just Cause. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, just just playing Just Cause. And I'm like, all right. Uh, and then the other game coming out this week, which I believe it's just coming to PS4 and Xbox One. It's already been on PC for a while. It's a game called Subnautica, mm. which is a very uh, Austin and me game. Survival so adventure game, right? Yes, underwater only, though. Ooh. Well, for the most part. I think there's a boat. But it's uh, make your home under the water, kind of make like a seaweed farm, an undersea farm, and also explore and get attacked by alien creatures under the water. Are you like a are you like a deep sea diver? Or are you some kind of fish um, man? I think you're some sort of crash landed astronaut that's just stuck on a planet that's mostly water, and now you have to kind of like go around and survive. Oh, that sounds dope. It's super cool. It's mostly underwater. Uh, I'm a guy who's like kind of freaked out by water, and also the fact that there are animals swimming around me or under me. Mm. Like I saw Pirates of the Caribbean three, and uh, was scared. The Kraken man. I was scared to swim in a swimming pool. Like, not scared, that's the wrong way to describe it, but, like, I would be swimming, and then I would think, like, oh, my gosh. You would think about the I'd fact be like, that there's stuff underneath I'd be me. like, what if the Kraken's underneath me right now? And then I'd swim, like, real fast to the edge and then kind of climb out. See, that was me and Jaws. I've never seen Jaws. I watched a lot of Jaws growing up at a, at a very impressionable age. That's an odd, okay, that's fine. And the second you hit the water, the diving board, you jump off, you bounce a couple of times, the, the, the lifeguard says don't bounce on the diving board. And you're like, oh, no, there's a shark in you here. do it anyway. And, and, and the, the shark thought doesn't hit you. Until right. you're swimming. All you're thinking about is, I feel like Superman, I'm flying. Yeah. Hit the water, instant, from Superman to Jaws. Yeah, And it's, no. my life is in imminent danger. Good, I'm glad someone else feels Okay, same. yeah, you swim really fast, and then, really, the, the fast swimming is part of it, but it's the getting, it's the scramble up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, you're That's trying to get, real. well, for me, it was, uh, so there was no ladder at this pool, it would just be, well, this is just like a backyard pool, mm-hmm. so it would be like, swim, 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 pull myself out real quick, and then be like, yeah. all right, we're fine. But... Uh, those are the two games coming out this week. Uh, I want to look into Subnautica because that sounds like it'd be really interesting. We've got some real exciting games coming out next week, but you'll find out about those next week. But now we got to go to our community segment, and we can uh, wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Chad K at Regonk94 says, When playing a game with moral implications, do you usually go good or evil? My Arthur Morgan is a real dick. Mm. Are you asking me? I mean, I'm just posing it. Normally, there's multiple people, so I'll ask it, and one of them will jump in, but that's just me and you, so. Yeah, so I guess it is a it's a direct question. I can't, unless there's trophies attached to it, I play I play White Hat pretty much. Nice. Almost all the time. Uh, you know, I mean, some, ga- some games there's morally gray stuff, but for the most part, it's like, kill all the civilians or rescue the grandmother. And you're and like, no, nah, like, I'm good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'll just rescue that lady. <laughs> I'll just rescue the lady. Um... Infamous is like that if you've played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so I played games. 100% good in Infamous. Yeah. Uh, I am the same way. So I played, I think it's called Paragon in uh, Mass Effect. Okay. So I did Paragon. So I was like good Captain Shepard all the way through. Mm-hmm. I, I play the good guy in pretty much every game. I think the answer I gave on Twitter is that I'm a square in real life. So I also am a good dude. I like to play the good guy in my games because I just can't stomach doing terrible things. Uh, but the caveat is. Fallout 3, I did play as a terrible person. I accidentally destroyed Megaton. Once you do that, dude, it's all over. Yeah, no, you I just kinda, gotta roll with it. I destroyed Megaton really early, like within my... That might have been my first quest. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I destroyed Megaton really early, and then after that I was like, look, I don't even care anymore. And so I was just a horrible guy that was a cannibal and did all that fun oh, stuff. Oh, wow, so you really went Yeah, I just really wore the ghoul mask and was a cannibal and just did horrible stuff. Oh, you're like the Wasteland Michael Myers. But don't even worry about it, because at the end there's that like, karmic retribution, so I just turned myself good at the end. <laughs> you just you just did the thing where you just spammed the guy water. 
to no, raise no, your no. karma there, instantly. There, no, there's a uh, there's a perk I believe that lets you reset your karma. Oh my gosh! In Fallout Three, and you can choose to be good or bad. It's been so long since I played that game. So I just game. like reset everything and like I'm a good guy now. I would I would every now and then steal a bunch of stuff and then cannibalize and then just while go, there's no one around. Yeah, I'd cannibalize. Cannibalize. You got to cannibalize when no one's around. Sometimes you got to regain that energy. I feel that. And you got to wear you, the ghoul mask because they don't attack you if you. You wear go it. to the guy outside of the big ship city, and he's yeah. like. Can I have some water? And I'd just go with like 16 bottles of water and be like, here you go. Here you go. You want some more? Nice. How's that H2O? And Ooh, you're like, karma's back up to Now 100%. I'm a good guy. Yeah. Solid. Walk right into the city. Nobody even bats an eyelash. There it is. I'm here to steal. Uh, Margo at intern Margo said, are you coming for Trey's job? Uh, I am not. No, thank you. Uh, Grant, would you like to... Confirm or deny whether you're coming for Trey's job. I'm not right coming now. for Trey's job, but I, I I will be coming for his child. Okay, solid. Little Trey. We need a name. Little Trey. We need a name right now. Actually, that'll be our question for next week. Name Nick, Trey's child. Nicknamed Detective Pikachu. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm in. I imagine he'll be he'll be short, you know? Short little guy walking around, put a little hat on him. <laughs> <laughs> Trey looks more like Mr. Mime than Pikachu. <laughs> uh Jeff Holland Ween. Uh, at Jeffrey dot 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 dot. I can't read the rest of his. Mm. It cut off. Oh, so Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, every time I try to be evil, in it, I am overcome by guilt. I've never finished an evil playthrough of a game. Yeah. Well, okay. I have, but it was only for trophy stuff. Yeah. You speed run it. This guy's a. This guy be a terrible person for trophies. Uh, Chad K then responded. I think it's very character to character with Red Dead, for instance. I've found it's much easier to be bad in two versus one. I just finished a game called Vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one's really fun with the choices you make. That looks super play. interesting. That's me being one of those very story-heavy, leaning into adventure game stuff. Vampire looks right up my alley. You should check it out. Check it out. And then finally, Chad finishes us up with, certainly there are times when you don't feel good about doing bad things. Uh, and they said, keep up the good work. You guys are a great listen. So I assume he's talking about y'all, but I'll no, take, no, the, I'll take, take the it. No, no, take it, because you're here. I'll, I'll go ahead here. and just snatch that compliment. Excellent. Well, we have reached the end of our episode today. Uh, Grant, thank you for coming on at such short notice. It was fun stuff. And delivering. This man delivers. Felt a little more serious than the usual fare. You know what? That's fine. I think, and they don't believe me when I tell them this, but if need be, I can be serious host guy. I think I made one joke tonight. It was very NPR. Yeah, that's what I was... Hey, welcome to Super Games Cast um, do we need to get in any of our stuff that we normally get in? Uh, no, we can save all of those jokes for when Austin's back. Keep Austin's dog biscuit in your prayers, your thoughts and prayers. Send them out. And, uh, Grant, where can they find you in the world? I know you're very anti-social media. Not so much anti, but I'm for, I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. So if you see me on the street, give me a high five. Solid. Solid. You have fan art of Trey's child. Dressed as Detective Pikachu, okay. you can send that to grantpinnell at gmail.com. I would really... That's fantastic. Really, really be interested in that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at CD Reisenhoover. Um, I don't tweet a whole lot, but I'm trying to get a little bit better at it. So I uh, don't have a Christmas name yet, but I'm working on it. Mm. Uh, you can find Austin at Helen Smeller. And finally, you can find Trey at CrayTreyVids or at CrayTrey1310. I think on Twitter. It's one of those two. Just search Cray Tray and there's not that many of them. Uh, so that is Super Gamescast 64 for this week. We will see you guys next week. And don't forget, tweet us the names for Trey's unborn child. Please, please do fan art. 
All right, we'll see you. I had a dream that I was floating to your house In the summertime I had a dream that I was 300 feet In the summertime These visions I can change them Sort and rearrange them A world of understanding which you have never seen before I had a dream that I was floating to your house In the summertime I had a dream that I was 300 feet tall In the summertime How could I make you understand we are radiant beams of light Shining bright even when we are small In the fall mm, This is where it picks up the snare coming in Feels good, gets you hyped People know the chorus by this point So they can sing with you and you go I had a dream that I was floating your house in the summertime. I had a dream that I was 300 feet tall. When? When was it? Tell me. In the summertime. These visions, I can change them, sort and rearrange them. A world of understanding. Which you have never seen before I had a dream that I was floating to your house In the summertime I had a dream that I was 300 feet tall In the summertime